360 degrees. High high, 360 degrees. High high, 306, 306, 360 degrees. High high. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine, produced by members and graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. We're broadcasting from our studios in Hutin, occupied Ohlone territory, now known to settlers as the East Bay Area. I'm your host tonight, Joy Moore, from KPFA at Princess Group 20 and in La Cache. Tonight, we're presenting an open forum called Express Yourself. We've invited folks to say, share, play, or express their thoughts and or feelings however they choose to. First up, I will share a very exciting and memorable encounter, conversation, and the developing relationship with a complete stranger while dining at a restaurant in Crockett called the Dead Fish Thanksgiving weekend. Next, we'll hear from Mike Chang, a good friend of mine, who will share a piece of music. Then Shiloh Burton, Current KPFA Apprentice shares two pieces, one about revolution and then what it means to belong. Then Free Will and Franklin Sterling shares his appreciation for Zeum in San Francisco. Finally, we'll hear two shares from Ms. M, Executive Director of the KPFA Apprenticeship Program and Executive Producer of Full Circle. First, a conversation with Arif Khatib, community leader, author, and film producer, and a conversation between Josh Elwood, the best KPFA mailroom supervisor ever, and Ms. Jesuits, host of Letters and Politics. Whew. All that tonight on Full Circle. Again, I'm your host, Joy Moore. Stay with us. Keep it locked. Uh. 
Welcome back to Full Circle. This is your host, Joy Moore. You just heard the original version of Express Yourself by Charles Wright and the 103rd Street Rhythm Band. That's the theme of our show tonight, Express Yourself. First, I want to share an experience I had recently while dining with my family at the Dead Fish and Crockett Thanksgiving weekend. The encounter with perfect strangers affected us profoundly, and I thought I'd share our thoughts about our conversation and the subsequent relationship that developed from this chance meeting. And here is my story about Kathy Roberts and our encounter. Okay, Joy Moore here, and I'm being joined by my friend Kathy. Um, Kathy and I had a chance encounter at our favorite restaurant, Dead Fish and Crockett, over the Thanksgiving weekend. Now, I have to say, I've been talking a lot about us all being one people, a human race, I've been talking about connections and communication, and I think the times we live in have opened up a space for relationships, communications, and connections to happen that had not happened historically. I had been going to the Dead Fish, uh, celebrating my my mom's uh, anniversaries. It was one of her favorite places. She introduced us to the Dead Fish, and my sister and my niece and I have been going there for years. to enjoy the great food there. And as it happened over the Thanksgiving weekend this year, um, we had to sit outside for the first time because I didn't have my proof of a COVID shot. I <laughs> did have, I had proof of a test, uh, but they they didn't accept that and they made us sit outside, which was totally against my nature because it was hella cold. But uh, we uh, enjoyed the food. I went and left and went to take a restroom break and my niece who's six years old Eden took it upon herself to introduce herself to the family sitting next to us and when I came back from my restroom break uh, she was having a deep conversation with these people I had never seen before and it uh, as it turns out the woman that I met and we're talking with tonight and I've developed a relationship had gotten married at a place called Eden's garden or something like Eden, that. Edenvale. Edenvale Eden, bed and breakfast. Yes, Edenvale bed and breakfast. So automatically, Eden was excited because she was excited and we started a conversation. We talked about COVID. We talked about dead fish. We talked about the times we live in, the upheaval, and so many things. And since then, we've been connected. And so I think that the times we live in are special it's affording opportunities for communication, connections, and relationships that we haven't had in the past. And I want to celebrate that and enjoy that and share that with my friend, Kathy. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, letting me share this. Um, it was a great day for us also and our family. Um, we just got all got over COVID and uh, we were looking for a place to go to celebrate our Thanksgiving dinner and we didn't want to cook and we knew the dead fish had the best crab in the Bay Area and it it meant something really special to me. Um, My first date with my husband was at the dead fish and he also also proposed to me uh, in April at the dead fish. Wow. And then 
when I sat next to you all and started talking to your wonderful little niece, she's just such a sweetie and so pretty. And she's, I asked her her name and she said, I'm Eden. And right then I just went, oh my, we just got married at Edenville Bed and Breakfast. And it was just uh, amazing that so many connections were there. And, you know, we had to sit outside because we didn't have our COVID shot. And um, I felt like we had our own little party out there amongst ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We really did. And then the other uh, exciting thing was, one of the your friends that was with you, I've forgotten her name, she had remembered that she heard me on KPFA uh, about yeah. health years ago. I was like, oh my, what are the odds of me running into forming a, uh, starting a conversation and developing a relationship with someone who had heard me on the radio 10 years ago? What are the odds of that? Yeah, she's, that's Melinda and she's a gardener. And she and I'm a gardener uh, is, too, yeah. <laughs> so we had that she in does, common. Yeah, and uh, we all just are. So we, you know, we've been cooped up in the house, and I think people are wanting to reach out and talk and connect. Yes, I think I think we've been afraid to socially, you know, get out there because of everything going on, and you know what the media is portraying and what all this fear is put in us because of everything. And um, all you have to say is maybe two or three words to somebody. And that can open up a whole dialogue with them and they're not used to it. And I think it, it's it's a great thing just to, just to ask somebody, hey, how are you doing today? Exactly. And I had been going to that restaurant for 20 years. I never had a conversation with anyone except the waiters and the servers in that restaurant in 20 years. And wow. so that's why I'm saying I don't think it was just um, a coincidence or just that we happen to like the same place. I think the times we live in, the uh, atmosphere that we're in, the news that's going on, the pressures we're all under are causing yeah. us to reach out in a new way, in a different way. You know, we were yes. talking about your community and how many uh, brown people live where you are and our community and how many European Americans or non-brown people, or I should say light brown, because we're all some shade of brown. You know that, right? We talked about that too. That right. one of the things that separates us is this shade thing: who's dark, who's light. We got to get out of that. We're all human, one race. That's the other thing we came up with in common. We're one yep. race, human race. We're not different races. We're one race with different ethnicities, different geographies and origins, but we're still one people. One right. Race. Well, well, you know, I I read my Bible a lot, and there's a scripture, Galatians three twenty eight, and it covers everything. It says, um, "Neither Jews or Gentiles, neither slave nor free, and neither male nor female, we are our we are all one yeah. in Christ's Spirit." And I yeah. just I think if everybody realized that the world would be a better place. And, you know, I, I always told my daughter the golden rule, just do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Absolutely. And, you know, I, 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 that day we were at the dead fish, you know, I don't know if you noticed though, the poor waitress, she was running around 
like a chicken with her head chopped off trying to keep us happy. And I felt so sorry for her because, you know, the lack of workers, you know, because no mm. one wants to go to work. And she was doing the job of like probably eight waitresses. Right. And mm. uh, I was a waitress. And I thought, you know, if I was in her shoes, I would, wouldn't want people to be getting on my case for the bread and the butter, not getting there on time, you know? Yeah. And we have that in common. I was a waitress, too, at 18 years old in Berkeley at Choices Restaurant. It was a hard job. And the other thing that we have in common is the uh, reliance on a higher power. I don't use the word God. I think it's very male. My higher power is the sun. But we talked about that, too, universally. They, I think we both agree, all of us agree, there's no way I know how I got here. There's no way how I know how a... A oak tree can grow from an acorn a half an inch in size. There's magical powers involved in our existence that I can't name and I haven't claimed as God or Buddha or whatever people terms people use. For me, if the sun comes up, we're good. If the sun doesn't come up, we're in trouble. That's my highest power. It's not about some white man with blonde hair and blue eyes sitting on a throne looking over 7.5 billion people 24-7 and directing their lives. There's no way. But the sun affects every single one of us every single day. And that's the highest power for me. And I thought how great it was that I could exchange that idea with you even though we have different ideas. I'm not into the whole Christ Bible thing. But I do believe in a higher power that gives us something in common. And that's what makes us human to me. What you do know, you think? every if we were all the same, the world wouldn't be very exciting. <laughs> you know, the world is definitely exciting. That's one word for it. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to celebrate our relationship, celebrate the times we live in, celebrate the opportunities for connection and looking forward to coming and visit Eden Vale. And I want you to come uh, to our garden at Beach, at Berkeley Independent Studies in Berkeley. And we're going to eat again together at Dead Fish very soon. Yes. Yes. Uh, maybe a new after New Year's celebration. Yes. Right, right there Right there in the same little cove. And the beautiful view of the water and the lovely sun. I can't, I'm waiting. I can't. Wait, I love it. Thank you, Kathy, for joining me. You're welcome. Tell Eden and your and your sister I said hello. I will. I will. Happy holidays to you. We'll talk soon. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks again. Bye-bye. This is Full Circle, and tonight we've opened up our space for folks to express themselves. In just a moment, we'll hear from current apprentice Shyla Burton about revolution and belonging. But now, we at Full Circle KPFA Apprentices are calling out to ask all our listeners to support KPFA Pacifica and donate whatever you can to keep this venerable public radio network going. If you haven't done so already, please go to kpfa.org and gift us what you can. Or ask others you know to support this station. Go to kpfa.org, click the Donate button. No donation too big or too small. Just give what you can. Thanks to all who have donated already. Now, let's hear from Mike Chang, musician, gardener, and a good friend of mine. I often feel more than my body. I feel like I am my soul. And 
me being a soul, I feel like I am more than my body, and that I transcend time. I transcend this lifetime, and I am infinite and eternal, just like the stars in the sky. How I like to express myself is through music. I've dabbled in piano, mostly play guitar, mess with the drums a little bit, and it requires that I practice from time to time. You know, like that saying, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. So here I am, one morning, uh, waking, you know, having just w woken up, and uh, having felt like playing this song by Yale Naim called New Soul. My way of enjoying myself is to play along with music that I really like. So in this case, I'm jamming along. I played piano for a little bit, played drums, but I played guitar the longest out of the three. In this recording, I'm just playing for myself and uh, practicing my chops. Please enjoy the sounds of my soul soaring.
Okay, that was another interpretation of the song Express Yourself, Salt and Pepper Style. And before that, we heard Mike Chang, musician, gardener, a good friend of mine, and a great guitar player. Next, we'll hear from Shiloh Burton, current KPFA apprentice and an already accomplished radio producer. She shares ideas of belonging. What does belonging mean to you? There's a play between the collective well-being and the personal well-being. When the collective is well, the human gets to be well. And when the human is well, the collective gets to be well. What I'm most interested in, how do we make the community well so that I can find my wholeness and belonging within that and find my wellness there and then contribute to the wellness? sense of center within myself, knowing who I am in connection to the earth, my place in it, coming home within to myself, meeting others, and recognizing that same reflection, that same heart, that same breath that reminds me truly we are one, no matter how different we may appear. Belonging in the end is just trust you are enough 
belonging is when everyone loves themselves so that they can love each other. Belonging means to me, as humans, we honor ourselves in a way that we know we're in love with ourselves. And by being that, we also belong to others in love. Belonging means I feel at home. I feel like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be, not alone, I'm supported with people that I trust to care for me. What does belonging mean to you? Belonging is an interesting word, especially for me as a black woman. At a place where there are so many people that don't look like me, looks like curiosity, looks like honesty, looks like not singling me out, not excluding me, you know, not giving me special treatment. Just normalizing my presence makes me feel like I belong. is a feeling of being unconditionally accepted for who I am, mixed with appropriate placement. I fit the appropriate piece, and every other part of that body is like, yes, we want you exactly where you are. It's mainly to feel loved however I am, wherever, with whomever, and being able to be myself in the most authentic way feeling that my heart can just blossom. Somewhere that I feel safe and safe for me is when I feel like I can just be myself and also safe for me is when I feel like other people are also being themselves and that it's okay for all of us to be however we are. Hmm. Showing up as myself as much as possible so it kind of takes some work for me too. If I can show up people really celebrate them and I'm really excited about them. But also just seeing people that look like me, that really makes me feel like I belong. Belonging means a sense of safety and freedom to be exactly who you are and have that be a gift and to celebrate how all our beautiful simil human similarities while also like deeply celebrating and acknowledging the ways that we're different and, and learning and growing. Those voices were recorded in September 2021 at Soul Play. This has been Sentient Shiloh from First Voice Apprenticeship Program and Group 46 and KPFA First Voice Media. Remember, all we need is each other. Thank you, Andrea Day. And we'll Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to Full Circle on KPFA 94.1 FM. That was current apprentice Shiloh Burton and her Vox Pop about belonging. Next, let's check out her movie review of Judas and the Black Messiah. When looking back over these COVID times, how proud will you be to retell and remember what you did or didn't do? 
We are in a time of division and deception. The airways in our lives are saturated with misinformation, malice, and extreme miscarriages of justice. From the systemic dismantling of voting rights to the bans on reproductive health and women's self-determination over our bodies. Need a break from the inundation of individualism over the airwaves? From rocket joyrides to the supply chain shortage over infrastructure and democracy as priorities? Then watch the movie Judas and the Black Messiah. Deputy Chairman Fred Hampton of the Illinois Black Panther Party. Repeat after me. This movie by Shaka King reclaims and reframes the narrative of Fred Hampton and the Black Panther Party to expose the truth of the three pillars of their community organizing, food, health care, and education. At 21, he was assassinated by the FBI because he believed in, and most importantly, actualized and organized the Rainbow Coalition. The Black Panthers are forming a rainbow coalition of oppressed brothers and sisters of every color. Many of us know how he died, but not many know how he lived. Watch the movie to find out. And to remember the life-threatening consequences of apathy and indifference to capitalism's one and only goal, to exploit the people. These ain't no terrorists. You can murder a liberator, but you can't murder liberation. You can murder a revolutionary, but you can't murder a revolution. And you can murder a freedom fighter, but you can't murder freedom. After watching, I hope you all are inspired to recommit and show up in a different way and be proud to recount how you participated in these COVID times. For KPFA Apprenticeship Program, this is Shiloh B. I still express you, I don't smoke weed or sex Cause it's known to give a brother brain damage And brain damage on the mic don't manage nothing But making a sucker in you equal Don't be another sequel Ruthless is the 
way to go, they know. Others say rhymes which fail to be original. Or they kill where the hip hop starts. Forget about the ghetto, the rap for the pop charts. Though some musicians cuss at home, they're scared to use profanity when up on the microphone. Yeah, they want reality, but you hear none. They'd rather exaggerate a little fiction. Some say no to drugs and take a stand, but after the show, they go looking for the dope man. Or they ban my group from the radio here in WA and say, hell no. But you know it ain't all about wealth as long as you make a note to Okay, you're listening to Full Circle on 94.1 FM, KPFA.org, and I'm Joy Moore, your host tonight. We just heard the third version of Express Yourself by NWA, our theme tonight. Next up is a share from our technical engineering director and extraordinary all-around radio producer, Free Will and Frank Sterling, all about his discovery of Zium in San Francisco. Check it out. In January 2010 at Moscone Center in San Francisco, you may remember Apple unveiled the new iPad, the cutting edge of computer technology. But did you know sharing the same block in Yerba Buena Gardens at the corner of 4th and Howard is Zeeum, San Francisco's Children's Museum, where since 1998 they have used technology on a daily basis to make learning fun and exciting. Zeeum is a completely interactive, hands-on multimedia arts and technology museum for kids. It's a place they love to be. My favorite thing to do is the karaoke because we get to dress up and do stuff and we get to choose the song a lot. It's really fun. My favorite thing about coming to ZM is to make claymations and working the camera when you make them. You things a lot of places a lot. Dress up a little bit. What I like best coming to ZM is I could record a song and sing my favorite song that I like and I could make a, make a car for Valentine's Day. Um, I like making movies and I just made a movie called Zombie Land. It was about um, a reporter and he was making a thing called Zombie Be Gone. I recently paid a trip to ZM to see what it was all about. The first thing I noticed upon arriving from my walk from BART was the carousel where families were enjoying the ride. However, when I got inside, it was multimedia madness. In a good way, though. There were kids everywhere producing art. I was surrounded by the sounds of creative activity. Then I met Joy Wong Daniels, marketing and public relations manager for Zeeum. I asked her to start by telling me what visitors could expect spending a day at Zeeum. They'll start in the main gallery, which is like a sampling of what's available at Zeeum. 
It involves kind of low-tech and high-tech, which is great because I think a lot of people are accustomed to using low-tech sort of art and, you know, arts and crafts, but we integrate that with high-tech. And then when they get to a place like, say, the animator studio, they can use clay and models and then animate them. So, again, involving the low-tech sort of basic art form with making it into a movie. Then we have also the music production lab where the kids can create their own music videos. They can get dressed up in costumes, they can rock out to their favorite band, and then they can record it and take that home as a DVD. Everything is, is really great because they can actually take it and then share it with their family and their friends. The news production studio, kids can write out a script, put it on a teleprompter, and then actually perform that as well. Claymation, music videos, news production, all this multimedia, why is it so important? Well, media surrounds kids no matter where they are, right? It's present you know, on TV, on the internet, they're exposed to video games. So at Xeom, we allow the kids to become creators of media rather than just consumers. And I think that's something really special. We introduce you know, graphic design, filmmaking techniques, music and video production. So they learn the art of writing and storyboarding and just the artistic process behind it. So it enables them to better understand media that surrounds them in their everyday lives. Three things the activities are structured around at Zeeum are the three C's. I asked Joy to explain. The three C's include creativity, collaboration, and communication, which are all critical components of 21st century literacy. Um, before, we used to think that if we just learn in school, you know, the arithmetic, writing, just science, standard things for learning, that would be enough. But for future generations, we believe that creativity is really important. Um, the ability to think outside the box, to um, develop your own ideas and, and be really innovative. And that's something that we really encourage the kids to foster here at Zeeum, as well as inside of the classroom. One of the most popular exhibits at Zeeum is the Animator Studio, where kids and families can create animated claymation movies. When I went to check it out, it was bustling with activity. There I met with Eli Africa, who told me more about it. Well, for people who come here for the first time, they'll get to just get their hands dirty. Basically, they get to make a character of whatever shape and size. It could be an animal, an alien, a person. And then they get to dress it up with colored clay. And after that, uh, they have the opportunity to make it come to life on one of our um, computer uh, animation sets. And then they can take that home as a, either as a QuickTime file on a disk or we can email it back wherever they want. Personally, I think this is the busiest room among all the exhibits here because uh, things are happening simultaneously. It's not one of those linear things that you have to wait and then, then the next person comes up. We've got four sets going on at the same time. We've got three tables. People have their own pace of making their own characters. So whenever they're, they're ready to make the animation, that could be any time. Although Zeeum is for kids of all ages and fun for adults as well, the core age group is six to 12 years. But Joy told me of some new programs. 
We actually have a lot of offerings for five and under, and we've just launched a couple of new programs, which include the Little Z's Workshops, which is a collaborative storytelling experience. It's something that they can play music, there's puppetry involved, it's really fun, and it's an activity that they're involved with their parents and our educators. And then we also have Music Together, which is also a place where they can explore their motor skills and, and just learn and, and play music and have a good time with instruments. Another program geared towards teens is the ZM Masters program. It's a paid internship program that we offer at ZM, and it's a hands-on sort of job work training experience. There's mentors, and they get to see what it's like to work at a museum, how it operates, as well as work with kids in education. How can you put a price on all this creativity and education? Unfortunately, there is. But for people who may be short on cash, ZM can help. We have fee-way memberships for families that qualify. We also offer fee-waived field trips for schools that may not have the, the means or the resources to bring their classrooms to ZM. So we do want to help um, the underserved communities. I asked Joy, how can you help serve underrepresented communities when they may have never even touched any of this technology, but may have only seen or heard of it? Yeah, well, I think there's a misconception about technology and digital arts. You know, some people get intimidated by the sound of that, like it's really advanced or it's, it's something that maybe they don't have access to, like iPhones or laptop computers, but that's what we want to provide. We want to provide an environment and the accessibility of that type of equipment and those tools to um, give people who might not necessarily have the exposure to it naturally, and then they can come to ZM and, and learn and apply that either in their classrooms or perhaps in a, a field that they'd like to pursue in a career path. ZM is a completely hands-on, interactive, technology-based kids museum where families can spend the day. I asked Joy, why is it so important to have a place like ZM? ZM is an environment where kids actually have fun and they don't realize that they're learning because they're so involved. So they don't recognize the educational value that we offer, but we give them the opportunity to explore their creativity and artistic freedom, which is something that they might not necessarily get in the classroom. And that is something really big at ZM. There is so much more to tell you about ZM. The video production lab, where kids can dress up and create their own music videos. Birthdays, where you can have a special section for your party, have your cake and ice cream, but also have free reign to visit all the exhibits. ZM can even host field trips. Here, Joy gives us an example. So the class would come to ZM and they would engage in one of our special exhibits. For example, at the animator's studio, they would come to the animator's studio and our educators would tie in their classroom curriculum with the activity so they could create their own story, they would build their clay models, they could build multiple ones with the, the students in the classroom, and then they would animate them through stop motion animation. Before I left ZM and my gracious guide, Joy, I asked her what she loved about her job at ZM. 
Zium to me was really compelling because it combines three of the main things that really interest me and those include the arts and museums it's just kind of a personal pleasure and then technology I have a background in technology um, internet technology specifically and then also education so to be able to infuse those three things is just you know such a pleasure and also working with kids and being able to see their expressions when they uh, upon discovery and creating and I just think that that's really gratifying experience. I want to thank Joy Wong Daniels, Amy Espiritu, and Eli Africa for their time showing me around Zium, and for all the staff and Zium Masters for their help. If you want to visit Zium of San Francisco Children's Museum with your family, or you're a teacher interested in a field trip, contact Zium at zium.org or call 415-820-3356. Don't forget to ask if you qualify for a low-income pass. For Full Circle, this is Free Will and Franklin saying, what will you create? Liam. Liam. Wow, what a great piece. Thank you, Free Will and Franklin. Your share was very insightful and inspiring as always. Thanks for that. And I'm Joy Moore, your host, and this is Full Circle on KPFA.org. Finally, we will hear from Ms. M, the Executive Director of the KPFA Apprenticeship and Executive Producer of Full Circle, among many other things. Let's check out an excerpt of an interview she selected between Josh Elwood of Pushing Limits and Mitch Jesuits of Letters and Politics as they express themselves. We're talking this afternoon with host of Letters and Politics, Mr. Mitch Jesuits. Welcome to Pushing Limits, Mitch. Mr. Josh Elwood, it's a great pleasure, sir. I guess one of the first questions is, are you scared to travel with your wheelchair? Absolutely. I think I think every wheelchair user is scared to travel, especially on a plane. When you travel, do you get nervous? I do. You know, I think every wheelchair user, and I am a wheelchair user, I use a manual wheelchair and I push myself. I think every wheelchair user fears their wheelchair being broken in one way or another on an airliner. And I think anyone who flies enough, and I'm not I'm not that frequent of a flyer, to be honest, but anyone who just modestly takes to the skies every now and then, I think every wheelchair user has experienced something happening to their wheelchair. Now, sometimes it could be just little minor things that can be corrected, but frequently, and this has happened to me, Josh, I've, I've had my wheelchair completely destroyed by an airliner. Well, that was my next question, really. How do you feel about airliners and that kind of thing when your wheelchair does break? I feel really bad, Josh, because I need my wheelchair to get around, and I'm unable to do so if I, if I don't have the wheelchair. And this is exactly what happened to me back in 2005. I was living on the East Coast. This is when I was a Capitol Hill correspondent in Washington, D.C., and I came back to the Bay Area to, to visit. And so I was flying back, and I travel alone. I usually travel alone. I wasn't expecting to see and have anyone meet me at 
the San Francisco International Airport because, you know, once you get to the airport, you just take BART. Everything's fine. Everything's groovy. This was, I was coming back home. And when you're a wheelchair user, they have to take you in and off a plane on a what they call an aisle chair, which is a small, thin chair that you have to get in that they take you to your seat on because airliners, in fact, I believe, are exempt from the Americans with Disabilities Act. They don't have to uh, follow the ADA. So their planes aren't accessible at all, right? And so you have to get in this little aisle chair, which is a little weird. You sort of feel like they strap you in. You kind of feel like Hannibal Lecter. When <laughs> 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 they strap you in and, and take you to your seat, it, it's a little embarrassing, but you get used to it. Some of the things we have to persevere through. And so then you fly. And, of course, flying can be a, a challenge too, Josh, because if you're a wheelchair user and if you can't walk, that means you can't use the, the bathroom either. You can't use the restroom. So that means there's no drinking alcohol on the plane, no drinking coffee either. In fact, you know, I bet you and this is true for me. Most wheelchair users or people at least who have difficulty walking will purposefully dehydrate themselves so that they don't have to use the restroom while they're on the plane. And, you know, some plane rides, Josh, are long. So I'm on the plane, right, doing everything you got to do as a disabled person to, to take a plane. And the plane arrives in SFO, and once the plane arrives, what they do is once you get in the plane, they take your wheelchair and they store it underneath the plane, right, where they keep all the luggage and, and cargo and stuff like that. Once the plane lands at the airport, you have to wait for everyone to get off before you do. And, you know, it kind of takes a while for a, train, for a plane to uh, become empty. Uh, and then once it's empty, what they usually do is they bring that aisle chair in for you and then they, you know, take you out of the plane. And then once you get out of the plane, hopefully your chair is there in one piece. But this time they brought me my, my wheelchair, Josh, and it had completely been broken in half. It looked like a pretzel. It couldn't even, it couldn't even stand on its own. It just collapsed. And they brought me this chair like nothing happened. And they're like, here you go. And I, I'm just looking at it and I don't yell. I don't say anything, but I'm in shock. And I'm just sitting here staring at my wheelchair and I'm in shock, Josh, for several reasons. One, that's how I get around, but I'm also in shock because I'm at the airport alone. There's no one who's coming to meet me at the airport. I don't know how I'm going to even get out of this spot where I am at this moment when this is happening up to this point. And then one of the stewards tells me, he says, oh, don't overreact. This happens all the time. Nothing to worry about. And I wasn't really overreacting. I wasn't yelling and screaming or anything, even though I think I had a right to do so. I was just sitting there with a look of shock on my face because I couldn't believe that it happened and I didn't know what I was going to do next. It's a really humiliating experience. And so, I mean, what am I going to do? Am I going to am I going to crawl home? Am I going to crawl to the BART station and take BART? And uh, that's not going to work out, right? How often do you see somebody crawling through the BART trains, right? I mean, it would have been crazy. As someone who uses a wheelchair, what about luggage? Well, that's a good question. You know, I am very good at putting bags on my chair. I have a whole system, and I'm usually able to put three separate bags, both in front and behind my chair, and I just carry my luggage with me. And I always make it small enough so that I could carry it onto the plane rather than have it go through luggage. And another thing that, you know, disabled people have to do, especially when they travel alone, it's a whole story what disabled people have to do when they travel. It's a whole ordeal and, and we know how to do it. 
But of course, when they destroy your wheelchair, and, and oftentimes it may not even be just destroying, they might just damage it in one way or the other. Maybe it still works, but it's not as functional. But this time, the story I'm telling you, Josh, they completely destroyed it. And then, you know, I had to use one of the wheelchairs that they had there. To get home? Yeah. But the problem is I use a very specialized wheelchair. Most most disabled people do. And the wheelchair they gave me is those old wheelchairs that you find in the hospital. And those things are hard to roll. I'm very good in my own wheelchair, but I'm not good in that kind of a wheelchair. You know, I eventually had a friend. I mean, luckily I was coming home to San Francisco. I mean, I've traveled alone all over the world. I couldn't imagine what would have happened if this was, say, like Turkey or Greece or, you know, somewhere where I'm alone and I don't know a lot of people. At least this happened in San Francisco. So a friend came and picked me up. The airliner actually bought me another wheelchair. The airliner has a contract with the local wheelchair manufacturer because they break so many wheelchairs, right? And while you may think, well, okay, I'll get another one. Hey, I'm going to get a new one. It takes a good two to four weeks to get a new wheelchair. And then you're just stuck without. And of course, you would imagine everything I had planned on that trip to San Francisco was completely canceled. What's your next trip? Yeah, it's a good question, man. I don't know. You know, I was about to fly to England again just a week after the COVID restrictions were put in place. So that trip was obviously canceled. I'm considering maybe in the first half of next year trying to venture out again on a plane, but we'll see. Nothing has been planned yet. Has it been hard getting around in your wheelchair with the pandemic, with all the restrictions? No, I, I've still been able to get around. I mean, it's, it's very interesting, right? I don't come into KPFA anymore. Most of us don't come into KPFA anymore. There are only a few of us that are here. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I haven't even had to go into the station. But I tell you, for about the first week of the pandemic, I was still coming into the radio station. And this isn't to say that the pandemic has been good, because obviously it's not. Nobody appreciates the calamity of that it has caused. But I actually did enjoy coming to Berkeley and then coming home because there was nobody on BART. There was nobody out in the streets. It felt like I was I was living in a movie in which I was the last man on earth. You, you remember that old, was it a Vincent Price film, Josh? Last man on earth? I would have to look. How much do you use a wheelchair like for exercise? Yeah, you know, I, I use my wheelchair for everything, including exercise, and exercise is important to me, and I end up doing a, a, a lot of pushing. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to live next to uh, Lake Merritt in Oakland, and so I oftentimes will be getting exercise by pushing around the lake, but I don't own a car, so I push everywhere I go. I either push or take BART. Usually it's a combination of both, so I end up getting a, a good amount of exercise from just existing and getting around every day. Working from home, I make sure to take a walk every day at a minimum two miles. Sometimes it could be as long as five or six. It's important because I'm working at home and I just for my own sanity. Walks are very important. And it's funny, we call them walks, but I, I'm more like strolling, right? Because I'm using a wheelchair. Or riding. Yeah, or, or riding. That's right. But they're very important to me. It's, it's where I do my best thinking. It's where I also feel the best and when I feel the best. So taking walks or strolls or something that's quite important to me. I make an effort to do it almost every day. Do you ever get down because you're in a, in a you wheelchair? You like get down like, <laughs> like, uh, no, like, frustrated, like, like cool in the gang or no frustrated when people 
get in a wheelchair, how much do you think about it? Does it affect your mood? No, not really. I never think about it unless others sort of make me think about it. That was a contribution from Miss M sharing in an interview between Josh Elwood and Mitch Jesuit. Thank you so much, Miss M. There are so many interesting people walking around, and you'd never know unless you stop, connect, and listen to them. That brings us to the end of tonight's show. Thank you to all of our listeners and callers, contributors, and producers to tonight's show. You can still donate to keep things running here by going to kpfa.org and click on the donate button. No donation too big or too small. You will find many offerings as thank you gifts on that website. That's kpfa.org. Thanks again to all who have donated and for those who still can and will. Hey, by the way, we are accepting applications for the next apprenticeship class to begin in 2022. You can access and submit the application on our website, www.kpfaapprentice.org. Click on Menu to apply and submit or print and mail to KPFA Apprenticeship, 1929 MLK Way, Berkeley, California, 94704. If you want to learn all facets of radio production, you can do it here with us. We're looking for interested, diverse community of folks to join us. Our executive producer is Ms. M. Our technical director is Free Will and Franklin Sterling. And moi, Joy Moore, is the production consultant for Full Circle. And tonight, I've been your host, suggesting we all express ourselves. Share, give what you can. Stay tuned for La Onda Bahita. Good night. Yeah.